Welcome to Tart Club. Turgid Tomes is a wanton book club where we get together every other Wednesday to eat, drink, and discuss the latest romantical read. If you happened upon this podcast and don't like the F word or boners, now's your chance to GTFO. This is your official explicit content warning. This podcast is highly inappropriate and listener discretion is advised. Okay, so we're locking this meeting so no one can whip their penis in there. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Greetings, Tarts. Ashley here, head hussy. This week's book that you may or may not have read is Engagement and Espionage by Penny Reed. And we have Barbara here with us to discuss. Hey, Barbara. Hey. Barbara and I have known each other a few years now. We actually met at a Murderino meetup. <laughs> yeah. Now we're on a podcast when we met through a podcast, which is a little interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's like podcast inception. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just remember walking up to the restaurant by myself, and then I saw a few of you standing there. I was thinking, oh my God, what am I doing? And I almost turned around and just went back to my car. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I feel you. I didn't really know anyone because I was kind of new to town and I was trying to meet people. That's why I was like, oh, let's go to this Murderino meetup. I'll probably meet the coolest people ever here. And it turned out to be true, but it was really nerve wracking walking up. Yeah. And then I met you and then we met our mutual friend, Susan, which is super cool. Susan. So we were the three that were like, okay, let's go get drinks <laughs> immediately. <laughs> we're all standing there and then everyone's just very stiff. Yeah. Like, ah, and then I think it was Susan. I think Susan's like, who wants a drink? And then you and I immediately are like, yes, let's go. Yes. Like that is how I break the ice with a drink and makes things a lot easier. Whereas ever, I feel like literally no one knew each other. It's like the club was brand new. Yeah. So, I mean, that's good. Like, it's not like you're coming in where everyone knows each other, but yeah, it was just kind of awkward at first. Like we we're just standing waiting for our reservation and yeah well I'm glad I went because Barbara and Susan are awesome they're really good friends of mine now tell us a little bit more about yourself what do you what do you do how do you feel about the romance genre okay so I actually work as a biologist with bees which is kind of interesting considering this book does have a little bit about bees in it so I'm hoping I can expand a little more in that section because I do have some thoughts about it (laughs) and romance books I would say I'm not biggest fan I love them but it's like I have to be in a very certain mood for them I guess if I want to read romance I'm typically more like John Green or something more sad like usually with romance I want to cry I want it to be like kind of a terrible ending someone to die I just want to like be bad oh my god (laughs) which is probably not like most romance readers but for me I'm like if I want it I want it to be like just (laughs) devastating oh my god yeah someone has to die Someone has to die. (laughs) Now that you've met Barbara, let's get into it. Yes, I'm super excited. Engagement and espionage. Let's start with our drinks. What drink did you pick? So I picked a Negroni. I think mostly because I love this book with the word espionage in it. I was thinking it was going to be more like CIA, spies. I wanted something fancy because I was like, this is going to be like a book about something very fancy and high-end and some something very, I mean, I guess it is mysterious, but I really thought it was not going to be like this book at all. So I was like, I want something fancy. <laughs> so then 
I just kind of kept the same drink that I was thinking of pre me starting to read the book, even after I read it, whatever, we'll just keep with the espionage theme. So I felt like the Negroni was kind of a high end fancy cocktail. I mean, I have it in this fancy glass, I even got an ice cube tray that has the huge ice cubes. So it feels like a drink that you'd actually order at a bar and you'd get it and it's all done up. Oh, like the, the sphere ice cubes, the balls? It's not a sphere. It's just a giant cube. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like literally like the size of the glass is the size of the cube. That is fancy. It's like what I guess you normally, what you normally get with like a um, old fashioned. Oh, okay. That's typically you get it in the glass with the big cube. I like it. Feeling fancy. It looks really fancy too. I like it. So I typically like to, I typically pick my drinks after reading so I can try to kind of try to get like a vibe or a theme and just kind of go with it. There are going to be times where it's just going to be, yeah, I really want some red wine and then I'll just (laughs) drink wine Mm -hmm. for that episode. I could not pass up the banana, I think it's the banana cream pie cocktail. I normally don't, I don't drink stuff like this, but I figured why not? And it's, it's pretty on point. Basically it's banana liqueur, banana rum, banana flavored rum. I just, I didn't want to get like giant bottles of stuff that I'm never going to drink again. So I, I always hit up the mini bottles at total wine. Yeah. The liqueurs are so hard. Cause it's like, am I really going to drink a whole bottle of liqueur? something really specialty no it's gonna take me years to get through that exactly especially banana I never I know so yeah I got little mini bottles and I mixed my cocktail it's the one I went with I kind of tweaked it it's banana flavored rum and rum chata Mm. mixed together since I don't usually drink stuff like that like this I didn't realize that in the shaker I shook it up and then when I went to pour it actually it becomes kind of thick like frothy kind of like the dessert like a like a pudding or a pie would be but not that chunky obviously because mm-hmm. that'd be gross but yeah it's really interesting mm. so is it good yeah it's not bad what's around the rim oh the recipe calls for graham crackers like a smash like instead of salt you just crush up some graham crackers um i didn't have any but i do they're essentially the same thing i have speculose cookies from trader joe's mm. and i think those are the cookies they actually make their cookie butter with i love their cookie butter it's so good i just eat it out of the jar i don't even put it on anything why it's perfect don't mess with it yeah okay so yeah i could not pass up the banana cream pie cocktail because obviously we're going to be talking a lot about the banana cake queen, Jen. Yeah, that fits right in. That's perfect. I know. For the snack, I'll probably end up doing something about sausage because, you know, Cletus is famous sausage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't really drink that much in general anymore since the pandemic hit because mm-hmm. I never go anywhere. But then especially like, I don't know, if I do drink, I'll just get a glass of wine or something typically, but I'm branching out. Yeah, where I live, my county does not even sell liquor. So it's kind of rare for me to even drink liquor because I live in a county that's like semi-dry. What? I live in the South. Yeah, I live in such a rural county that you can't buy liquor in my county. You can buy beer and wine, but you can't you can't get like a vodka or anything like that. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, it's just like old school laws that have not evolved with the times. Oh, that's so crazy. Oh my God. 
Yeah, like if you want to buy liquor, I have to, I would have to drive 40 minutes. So I've had a bottle of gin, which Negroni, it's a gin-based drink. And I've had this bottle of gin. Well, it's a Handles, to be fair. So it's huge. Mm-hmm. But I've had it for like months. And it's just kind of like, okay, that's my, my stash of liquor. I need to kind of drink it slowly because once it's gone, I don't know when I'm going to have the option to, to cross county lines. <laughs> I will bring you some gin. I will send you some gin. <laughs> We'll smuggle it in. I would appreciate it because, yeah, it's it's dry out here. Like, semi, at least. <laughs> and gin's your favorite, right? Gin's your go-to? Yeah, usually gin. Sometimes whiskey. I kind of go back and oh. forth. But I like, you know, just the, the gross liquors. <laughs> okay, so those are the beverages for this book. Two Sundays out from this episode, I will post them to the Instagram along with a snack. And if anyone wants to sip and snack along with us, they can. Let's do it. Yes, let's go. Engagement and espionage. Here we go. So I always like to start with a little bit about the author. I'm pretty much just going to fangirl for the next few minutes because (laughs) Penny Reed is actually one of my favorite authors. Oh, This is actually the first book I've read by her, and I did not realize she had so many books out and so many, like, different series. I was like, oh. Yeah. Penny Reed is a New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today bestselling author. She currently has five series out right now, and two more on their way, and they're going to be released this year, I believe. So she'll have seven total by the end of this year. I got this off of her website. This is her little bio. She used to spend her days writing federal grant proposals as a biomedical researcher, but now she just writes books. She's also a full-time mom to three diminutive diminutive (laughs) adults, wife, daughter, knitter, crocheter, sewer, general crafter, and thought ninja. I love her books. See, I've read a lot of them. I've read most of her books, I think. I'm look- I'm really looking forward to her new series that are coming out. I think one of them releases It's Good Folks. It's kind of a spinoff, which we'll get into why I chose this book for us. But yeah, there's another spinoff series coming next. Well, yeah, should be interesting if you've read her past books, because I have not. And from what I had read, it seems like some of the characters are from past books. And I this is my first book of her, so I had no idea some of these characters have been introduced before so I feel like we might have different perspectives (laughs) regarding that for sure you caught me that's why I did it the engagement espionage it's the first book in the solving for pie series which is a spinoff of the Winston Brothers series that she has and if you want to read more actually um, you can go back the third book in that series is Cletus that's Cletus and Jen's book and that's how they meet So a lot of the stuff they reference, I've read about it, but you haven't. So the reason I did this is because I know some people might be miffed or irritated because they want to read everything in chronological order. And typically I do that. But what happened was I started her knitting in the city series first. And then Winston Brothers is actually, it's kind of a spinoff because their sister is in the knitting in the city series. And then the Winston, the Winston series is all of her brothers. Hmm. It's kind of all interconnected. Her series have a lot of cameos from characters from others. They'll pop in and out. 
it's really cool it's just like a whole it's a whole universe with all this canon yeah there were so many characters i was like who this <laughs> but i've done that before i'll i'll end up reading like a spin-off series of some sort first and then i'll start reading it and then i'll look it up and realize that i'm reading something after like there's a whole series like an origin series so I'll get excited I'll get intrigued and then I'll go back and read so it's kind of like jumping back in the past like you already know what's happened so I don't know I get a kick out of that sometimes so and I knew it would give us really different perspectives oh for sure so I felt like it'd be really interesting yeah I was like oh okay I guess we just have this whole extended family we're just going to introduce I don't know and then yes yes there there are a lot of Winston that's when I was like okay I'm gonna google this book I'm like I already lost I was like is my reading comprehension just bad or like what is happening but it's just because I and I I still enjoyed the book but it, it was just I mean I think it's kind of a little bit of a learning curve when you come into you know, kind of a series in the middle, but it was still very enjoyable. Oh no. <laughs> so I was reading it and I was like, oh, well, there's kind of a lot, there's kind of a lot. She might not mm-hmm. get, I didn't realize it was, I didn't re- I thought it was going to be standalone and I felt kind of bad. I was like, oh, well, now I feel like a dick, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Penny Reed fought Ninja. If that weren't cool enough, Back in 2017, several authors expressed interest in writing stories for a theoretical Pennyverse, which is all of the the whole universe that she set up within her within her different series. So in 2017, several authors expressed interest in writing stories for a theoretical Pennyverse in some capacity. We collated the data we received, marinated in it, and created Smarty Pants Romance a small collaborative writing universe that is indie-minded and the umbrella under which these books are published. The goal is to give Penny Reed's readership new stories about the worlds and characters they love to read about while also providing a platform for talented authors, as well as mentorship and guidance behind the scenes. I read that snippet from the Smarty Pants Romance website. She has such a huge fan base that includes other authors that they she was approached and they're like hey I want to I want to write like in the Green Valley universe I want to write in the knitting in the city universe like fan fiction almost (laughs) yeah yeah so basically these other authors approached her and they're like hey I want to write fan fiction (laughs) for your series and she got together with some other women and they created a publishing network like it's basically a publisher so smarty pants romance is a publishing company created by penny reed and it publishes fan fiction books (laughs) of the pennyverse i've never seen anything like this i've never heard about it i mean i'm sure there is but i've never heard anything like this before so when it came out i just thought it was so cool i've read most of the books they're really good and i like that it's women supporting women, which is always going to be my favorite. And a lot of them are indie authors. I never would have heard of them if I hadn't, if they weren't connected to this. If I really like one of the authors, I'll go and look up their stuff, their original stuff or the stuff that they're coming out with next. And I'll, so it's, it's really good 
uh, promotion for them, essentially, for their own work as well. Yeah, I mean, imagine being Penny Reed and being like, yeah, I have a whole expanded universe off of some of the books that I wrote and people want to expand upon things that I've written. That's, you know, that's awesome. It's so cool. Baller move. I know, it's great. I'm just, I'm always going to be a fan of women supporting women. For sure. Hell yeah. How would you summarize this book? I would say this book is kind of a cozy mystery about a baker who has experienced multiple disasters in her line of work directly relating to her work and she's in a small town and she's with her boyfriend and they're basically trying to uncover these why these disasters are happening and kind of uncover the mystery because they're all weirdly lined up together and it's yeah just a small mystery what about you what did you think of it I was having a hard time putting my summary into words. So I just kind of came up with this lame, <laughs> this lame little thing. I was like, chicken chokers, bee burners, misogynists, and banana cream pies. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> now that that's a great summary, actually. Like, I think that's solid. Cause yeah, I was kind of struggling too. Cause it's like, it's a mystery, but like, not really that. I mean, things happen, but it's kind of small scale, mm. which I like. For the, well, some of it's small scale and some of it's like huge scale and it's kind of weird how it goes kind of back and forth. Yeah. All right. So you found a quote. I did. What's your quote? <laughs> well, I didn't really highlight that much when I was reading the book, surprisingly, but I did like how Cletus, he is kind of a smart ass and he has, uh, he's kind of punny. <laughs> After all of the chickens have been murdered brutally murdered may i say like extremely brutally murdered god i know cletus goes because all i could think was talk about a cock block <laughs> and i was like yeah that's a cock block oh my god i thought that was so funny i feel like that was just like cletus from all that i've read i mean i've only read this book with him in it but everything that, about him in this book he's just such a smart ass and i feel like that was a very smart ass thing to say after a terrible incident like that happened <laughs> yes <laughs> cletus definitely is a smart ass. i kind of like hated him at the beginning and then i grew to <laughs> like him and then i was like wait i hate him and then i was like wait i kind of like him and it was just kind of like up and down the whole way down Oh, can't wait to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of feelings about Cletus. <laughs> For sure. Also, like, what kind of a name is Cletus? <laughs> That's, like, the first few times I read the name, I was like, hmm. Is that, like, a common name? I feel like I've never heard that before. It might be a more... It's an old-fashioned name, but I feel like it. it's definitely a Southern name. Okay. I don't know, though. I don't know the origins of it. That would have been something cool to look up, but, you know... I have no idea what I'm doing. So, <laughs> yeah, I just feel like it sounds. Cletus. I, I'm not sure I like Cletus. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, that's an interesting name. No offense to any Cletuses out there. Yeah, no. We love you, Cletus. <laughs> but it grows, it grows on you. I mean, he grew on me. So, there were a few, there were like entire paragraphs that I thought were really great and I think a lot of them touched on the misogyny mm -hmm. and all that garbage oh I thought you were gonna bring up the extensive sex scenes in some of them where it just kind of goes on and on <laughs> see okay I mean kind of there oops you see I was reading this book 
but I also listened to it oh. in audiobook. I was kind of alternating between an audiobook and reading it because I have so much time at work that I'm okay. I can listen to stuff. So I was like, I'm going to try to listen to an audiobook version of this. But then I, so I checked out both versions at the library, which is probably a jerk move on my part. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I was like alternating, which is probably not the best way to read a book. But I'd be listening to the the sex scenes in the audiobook format, and I'd be, like, at work, and I'd be like, hmm, I feel like this is going on a while. Like, I'm at the office, and this is kind of intense. Yeah, because there there is some stuff I noticed in other reviews that caught my eye, and I was like, huh, okay. (laughs) We'll get it. We'll we'll talk about that later. Um, So one of the quotes, the first quote that really caught my eye I want to say it was from Jen's mom. She was talking to Cletus and she said, but I don't know that we get to decide when we deal with guilt. I think guilt decides when it deals with us. Mm -hmm. That's a good, I don't know. That just hit me. Wow. Damn, that's deep. (laughs) But no, I really related. Yeah, no, that's how it is with a lot of feelings. I think it's like, you can't force yourself to feel a certain way. It just kind of hits you yeah I get this this makes this is good this makes a lot of sense Jen's mom did have a whole speech about you don't know what goes on in people's marriages and, da, da, da. and then she oh, yeah. she describes marriage as like a garbage heap oh yeah agreed hard agree <laughs> as I was reading I was like yeah you know what yeah yeah she's making good points she's I like she's making good points but the quote I really liked was also it's so weird because I don't really care for Jen's mom, uh, Diane, as, is it Diane or Diana? I think it's Diane. Diane. I don't really care for her as a character, but see, she has some damn good quotes. So I want to say she was talking to Cletus about his mom and his childhood and how not to judge her too harshly. And she goes on to say, it's not like this country makes it easy for women to leave abusive relationships. No matter what, she was going to be judged. And it's not the prejudice of the community. There's also the sense of failure in yourself, the question of your own judgment. If I was dumb enough to marry this person, can I be trusted to do anything right? Leaving is hard. Admitting failure is also hard. This is so accurate. I don't know about you, but there are so many times in life and passing People will be talking, they'll be talking about stories in the news or maybe some domestic issues they're aware of with people they know. And it's always the same thing. Well, why doesn't she just leave? It's not. Yeah, it's always way more complicated than that. Yeah, I definitely relate. Yeah. Not that I've been in an abusive relationship or anything, but sometimes you just kind of get stuck and you're just kind of in a situation where sometimes the status quo is a little easier than having the courage to leave or even the you know where you are in life sometimes it's it's not easy to just leave and get up and you might not have the finances or you may not have this or that the support it's hard for a lot of people to just be able to to go and move on and get out yeah some women they don't they don't have anyone they've been isolated from all their friends and family Mm -hmm. Uh, as you said some women are financially dependent on their abuser Mm -hmm. others have kids and they don't want to split up because they think it's going to harm the kids. Yeah. I feel like when you're in that situation, it's cloudy in your head and you don't, you think that, think that it's better, but you don't, you don't have that, you know, hindsight 2020 
So yeah, it's hard. And that's another thing. And I've said it before, and I'm probably going to say it every other episode. It's so easy to sit outside the box looking in Mm -hmm. and just have all your opinions and judgments, but it's so different when you're in it. You cannot see it as clearly. For sure. Especially if you're dealing with, you know, an abusive situation where, you know, your abuser can be manipulative and, Mm -hmm. you know, they're doing things to intentionally isolate you, intentionally make it harder for you to leave. Yeah. So that really resonated with me Mm -hmm. because it's, unfortunately, it's a pretty common occurrence where this will come up in conversation. I'm always immediately irritated when I, oh, why doesn't she just leave? And it's like, why are you acting like you know her business? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, of course. It's so easy for us to say that, but we have no idea what's going on in that relationship. Yeah. You don't know their circumstances. You don't know, you know, some people, it's just going to be insanely difficult. I mean, yeah, that's just how it is. And we didn't even touch on the mental abuse, like the mental manipulation, the emotional mental abuse that goes on in these types of relationships is horrendous. Mm -hmm. That's another aspect that no one, they they don't really like to think of it. They just think, oh, you're being dumb. And it's like, no, this person has been broken down and conditioned to think a certain way that their abuser wants them to think. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like kind of got dark there, but that's <laughs> that was something that it's like, oh, yes, yes. Man, your quotes were so serious and mine were it was just like, oh, I thought this was funny. <laughs> no, and there were tons of funny quotes. I think there was one about yeah. Farmer Blount, something about mean as a badger with half the brain or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. These always have really funny Southern sayings. Okay, so those were quotes. What was your, what was your favorite part? Hmm. I think my favorite part, honestly, for the most part, I felt like I liked how, and I mean, this kind of, there is kind of an exception to this, but for the most part, this book kind of feels low stakes. And I like that because I feel like my life Mm -hmm. has been a little hectic lately. And for a good part of this book, up until, you know, some attempted murder, some, you know, held a gunpoint situations it kind of feels kind of low stake like oh you know we're selling some cows off to the auction we're not going to have the milk to make you know certain things in our bakery or we're not gonna have the eggs because I mean I guess the chickens being brutally murdered was you know (laughs) I guess could be stressful for some people but for me I love chickens but it wasn't you know the most stressful thing in the world for me so I kind of liked how it was just kind of a, a mystery but it was just these kind of random things happening. I didn't really feel stressed. It was just kind of like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. And, you know, just hearing the kind of banter with the differing personalities of Cletus and Jen, you know, all kind of having a kind of slow mystery throughout the whole thing I liked. So what what did you like? It's really fluffy. They're light. They're fluffy. You mentioned in your summary, cozy. Mm-hmm. Small town vibes. I liked yeah and that's just really comforting yeah overall coziness in general Cletus running around playing dumb (laughs) and he's basically just trolling the entire town oh yeah like "Uh, ha ha I'm an idiot (laughs) yeah but then you hear his like internal monologue and he's just like yeah I'm a smart ass (laughs) he's probably one of the smartest people in that town yeah but then he's like, I know that, you know, people only listen to what they want to hear. And if you word things a certain way, I can deceive them by just leaving out certain things. And they make it sound like they, 
I'm saying what they want to hear. And yeah, I was like, wow, Cletus, you're kind of a, a little bit of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I basically read Cletus's origin story throughout the other. Yeah. That's a big part of why I wanted to do it. I was like, I want to see, I want to see what someone would think reading after like not knowing the full story what it would come off as and I was thinking that too as I was reading I was like oh she's Cletus kind of seems like a dick yeah no I hated Cletus for so long and then he kind of grew on me but then even I still am not like oh I'm team Cletus I'm just kind of like eh "Eh," about him kind of middle of the road yeah he has good qualities but he's also kind of not so great at times I really like all the Winstons, all the siblings, mm-hmm. all their interactions with their significant others. It's all really funny and it's warm and cozy and it's like a really nice family atmosphere. Yeah, I was definitely like team Bo. I was like, I don't really know that much about Bo. He's kind of barely in it. But anytime he was there, I was like, mm, I like Bo. He has his own book. <laughs> oh, he does. Yeah. Oh, good to know because I liked him. <laughs> Each Winston sibling has their own book. Wow! In the Winston, so Ashley is there is the only girl. Mm-hmm. She's the sister. Her book is in the Knitting in the City series, mm. and then it goes through, and it's all of her brothers. So it's Dwayne, Bo. Dwayne is Bo's twin. Oh, they're twins. Dwayne and Bo. Jethro's the oldest. He is in this one briefly. He's talking with him about. Um, purchasing the barn and his movie star wife mm. Jethro and then Billy's he's the politician okay. Roscoe and Cletus I think I got them all I think there's like six mm. but yeah it's just like this family with just like a freaking bundle like it's like a whole buttload of kids that grew up together and everything and it's a small town it's just it's just I like the vibe that's my favorite part mm-hmm. it's just a really good a really good atmosphere all right what was your least favorite part honestly my least favorite part I think was that and it's probably due to the fact that I don't have the backstory but I just felt like I couldn't tell how old the characters were like Jen and Cletus I felt like they were teenagers the way they acted especially like about like sex and all that it felt like there was so much build up to them finally like having sex or you know having sex like it it was just weird like their interactions but then I was like wait Jen is saying that she's been working at the bakery for years they seem like they're adults and I just couldn't really pick up on like how their age and how old they were and if if they were just kind of immature in their relationship or if they were just actually young that was just kind of like tugging at me the whole time and I was like hmm but that's probably just because I don't know the backstory. I think that there was probably a lot, you know, that set them up and it was probably more of like a, you know, their canon or something and kind of teasing their relationship. But for me, I was just like, oh, this is weird. Like, why don't they just like have sex already? <laughs> <laughs> Seems like they're an established couple, but like, why are they like not having sex? <laughs> it's weird. I don't know. That's part of it. Mm-hmm. It's because they do and they do talk about it they have had sex before but they, yeah. I think they've only had sex like one time so it's like okay you know normally you know you have sex the first time get the awkward out of the way and then it's just like sex all the time 
Then you just do it like rabbits. Yeah. Yeah, then it's sex all the time at the beginning. But I think that's part part of their issue in the book is that they're constantly getting interrupted and they're like, oh my God. Yeah, true. When the, the cell phone's constantly ringing with her mom. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, oh, I feel for you, girl. But like, how old are they supposed to be? So I want to say they might have mentioned it. I feel like they've mentioned that Jen's like 23. Okay, so they're young, but they're not teens. Okay. Yeah, they're like early to mid-20s. So they're young. Mm. And I do think part of it is immaturity, especially on Jen's end, Mm. because she was so sheltered. So what was uh, your least favorite part? I hate Jen's dad so much. I just want want him to die. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he is horrible. I did not expect him to be so bad. And then when he finally shows up and... It's like, yeah, he's horrible. Her dad is just such a pathetic, misogynistic pig of a man. He's such a piece of shit. He literally uses all the women in his life, all the women around him, to get what he wants. And then he turns around and tries to take all the credit for any success. Even though he's literally become like he's being elevated by the women working around him it's it's like you you've literally done nothing and when he was talking to jen oh well you could apologize to me for me wasting my life da, da, da. bitch what 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 are you what did you waste you were literally cheating on her mom for like six years what were you missing clearly you were out doing whatever you wanted anyway Spending your wife's money, your wife and your daughter's money. Hmm. Oh, really? I just I had to, I would read a chapter with like those certain scenes with her dad in them. And then I would have to put the, I would have to put it down. Yeah. I'm going to go take a walk or do something because I'm getting really mad. Well, yeah, he's such a sexist too. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, sorry, the next time you come around, she'll be dressed proper. And it's like, oh, because she's wearing overalls. What's wrong with overalls, dude? Like, overalls are great. Ew, you're not wearing makeup. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Yeah, like, shut up. Oh, he'd hate the pandemic. None of us wear makeup now. <laughs> right. I literally only wear sweatpants and I don't put on makeup. Yeah. So <laughs> screw you, Jen's dad. <laughs> what was your what the fuck moment? Oh, I had several throughout this book. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I think one of my first, you know, WTF with the hug moments was, you know, just the way the birds were killed. Dude. Just being strangled. I was not expecting that. And then they went into such graphic detail about, you know, how they did it and all of that. And I was like, oh, it seems like a serial killer did this. Mm -hmm. Ooh. So then I was like, oh, maybe this book isn't as cozy as I had originally thought. <laughs> what about you? Did you have any WTF moments? When Jen's mom bought those cows. Oh, yeah. And it was like going up and up and up. Blew my mind. I was like, lady, it is very obvious that he's baiting you and wanting you to spend your money. Don't be stupid. 
And then she just did it anyway. I was like, oh my God, what the, literally I said, what the fuck? No, she's being stupid. No. Yeah. Like $200,000 for how, like, was it 40 cows or something? Like ridiculous. Insane. I felt kind of bad for her because I was like, oh my gosh. But then I was like, wait, if you have like $200,000, you can just spend like. You're rich. Yeah. I was like, wait, how wealthy are these people? (laughs) Yeah. So that was my what the fuck moment. All right. So do you notice any red flags? I mean, there was a million red flags. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think it's just Jen's dad is one giant red flag, right? Like he's horrible. And everything he said, anything in this book about him, I was like, red flag. And I mean, before he kind of had more in the book with Cletus, I did feel like there were some red flags with him. And it's, you know, another one of those things that's probably just because I don't know his backstory. But just some of the times that he would talk to Jen, like, particularly when they were talking about, um, you know, her working less at the bakery. He was like, well, I want you to do it for you. But it kind of felt... I don't know, passive aggressive. It was like, oh, well, Mm -hmm. I do want you to work less, but I want it to be for you. Okay. I thought the whole book, he kind of held it over her head. Oh, she works too much. And it's like, yeah, I get it. Because I'm also a person that probably works too much. So I kind of related to her. Yeah. Considering I worked like a 15 hour day yesterday. So I was like, oh, yeah, I can relate to Jen having to work these crazy hours because of, you know, I mean, my boss is not my mom. Yeah. I do, you know. I work hard because of my boss and I want, you know, I want her to respect me or, you know, whatever. But I just didn't like the way he kind of reacted to her and her job and all of that. I was like, kind of a red flag. I don't know. Yeah. He wants what's best for her. I do feel that. But then I I just, some of the ways he went about it, I was like, I don't know. You kind of not necessarily being the most supportive about her needing to do what she needs to do. Yeah. What about you? Like, what were your red flags that you had noticed? I agree with Cletus being super passive aggressive. He wasn't communicating clearly. Really, neither of them were communicating very clearly with what exactly they wanted. Mm. And it was kind of annoying. It's like, okay, we're all adults here. Just, I mean, they're baby adults. But yeah, I feel like that's why the whole book was like, oh, they seem like they're so young. They seem like they're babies. Like, I just feel frustrating. Yeah, definitely. He was coming off a little manipulative. Mm-hmm. And I didn't I didn't really care for that. I was like, oh, Cletus, what are you doing? Stop it. Oh, Cleet, what are you doing? Cleet. <laughs> <laughs> so those were the red flags. Is there something to be learned from this book that applies to daily life? My takeaway from this book was to not become the world's best baker in a small town because people are gonna fuck with you and they're gonna be mad (laughs) so like if you're gonna bake just to be like a average baker that's what my takeaway was (laughs) they were so butthurt about it yeah if you're gonna if you're gonna bake bake but like anything you put out just make sure it's like okay don't make it be the best don't be out there winning competition after competition because people are literally gonna like they're gonna like make a run for you and your life oh my god and I love the part where they're all in that meeting all the other bakers and her dad and they're literally talking about her in front of her like she's not even there Mm -hmm. 
And then the one lady's telling her that she spread her legs on her back. And then Jen's internal monologue is like, well, I mean, I was underage when I started. I'm not sure who she thinks I was sleeping with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're all just kind of sitting there so upset and butthurt that she's the best baker. And then I'm just kind of sitting here like, okay, do better then. I don't. <laughs> right. Like. And it made me mad. They're like, "Oh, it's because she's so young. She didn't let someone so young compete." It's like, "What does that have to do with anything?" Like, if anything, the older bakers should do better because they've had years of experience. I don't know. And then they tried to say it was because she was young and pretty. Yeah, it's like no, like you can't be anything. And that's kind of like huge theme in the book. It's like, oh, women just be pretty, be quiet. That's all you're good for. Just stand there and look pretty. You can't do or be anything else. It was very frustrating. I was like, what is wrong with these people? But it's a small Southern town. Yeah. Relatable because I live in one. So yeah. Yeah. The hell. And there, and it just killed me because they were all adults. Yeah. And they were taking it so seriously. Yeah. It's like, wow, you guys must be really bored. You must not have anything to do. Right. Yeah, it was weird. I was like, this is weird. Anything else? Oh, no, I think that was pretty much it for me. Um, was, that- was there anything that you felt like you had learned that would apply to your day to day? There's this thing that my friends and I will talk about. It's called winning the breakup. Oh, I know what you're getting at. I think a lot of people know <laughs> what, what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That basically it's when you go through a shitty breakup or just any kind of breakup, but especially if it's a shitty one and there's just this, this sense, like this need that you need to move on first. You need to do better. You need to look like you're having the time of your life and you're doing so much better without them because you're winning. You won the breakup. You're doing better. You're better off without the other person. I was really catching that. Oh, for sure. With Jen's mom, Diane. I feel like almost everyone, too, is like, oh, Jenny could do so much better. And it's like, what? Like, I guess I'm not the biggest fan of Cletus, but yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say that. I feel like they definitely seemed, they're kind of a yin and yang couple where they kind of balance each other is what I was getting, you know? So yeah, I was like, oh, people are so like, Oh, you can do so much better. You can date, I've already forgot his name. You can date so-and-so. Jackson, Billy. (laughs) What? Don't, you know, I did it when I was younger. My friends and I were like that when we were younger, but don't. Just be happy. You don't need to win anything. Honestly, if anything, you probably dodged a bullet. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, it sucks. It's going to hurt and suck for a long time maybe maybe a small amount of time you never know but just don't funnel all of your energy into basically putting yourself out there and and over overdoing it pretending like oh i'm i'm winning the breakup i'm doing so much better without you because look she ended up with what like 20 cows or something for like two hundred thousand dollars oh yeah that's ridiculous i was like no no ma'am no ma'am Yeah, definitely don't try to win the breakup is the lesson I'm getting from it. But also, watch who you're telling shit to. Watch who you're gossiping with. Oh, yeah. Flo? Fuck you, Flo. You literally told, you were literally sharing 
police tips that are most of the time meant to be anonymous for retaliation purposes and you go and run your mouth about them what the hell someone almost died because of you idiot yeah no yeah especially in a small town do not pass around things like that No one to keep your mouth shut. Yeah, that is so important. I feel like not even if you're in this kind of circumstance, but just in day-to-day of knowing when to say certain things can be really beneficial in your life to learn that lesson. So, yeah. Do you have any spicy snippet? For me, I just felt like, like if it's, you know, hot take, my hot take would be that... I just felt like the book, I really enjoyed all of the more chill aspects of it, you know, kind of the day-to-day about their relationship. I enjoyed all that stuff, but then when it tried to come to the mystery, and well, the mystery was interesting, but I feel like they tried to amp up the mystery a little too much, like when they added in the whole, oh, you know, held at gunpoint, and everything kind of came to, you know, this big ending, but it, it almost felt out of place for me. For me, I was like, I don't know. I just felt like I would have done so much better without that. I wish it would have just been more of like a, oh, it was just so-and-so. And and like, I didn't have to be so dramatic. Yeah. I understood what they were trying to do, but I just wished it, I don't know, the whole, you know, the violence and then like, you know, held a gunpoint and with the, and all coming to some dramatic conclusion. I just felt, it felt like kind of jarring with the rest of the book. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I just wasn't super sold on that. I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. Wasn't really expecting that. Yeah, I can see that. What about you? I love Cletus, don't get me wrong, but I mm. I didn't really care for him as much in this book. Like, he redeemed himself by the end of the book. Yeah. I just didn't, you know, we touched on it before. I did not like how he was being manipulative and all that. And I understood also, I get the context of it. Jen really does need to learn how to advocate and stick up for herself and create. Okay, but when he tapped her phone, like, sorry to interrupt, but when he tapped her phone, I was like, dude, don't like that. But she knew he tapped her phone like when she went with her dad i mean she knew it but like it already had happened she was like yeah oh wait so you already did this and he was like yeah i think he had just done it but like he didn't ask her to tap it he just kind of tapped it and i was like oh i don't know ask me before you tap my phone please stuff like that just little things i understood tapping the phone but like i feel like i would have you know the way he the way it came out, it just felt like, oh, he already did it. I, yeah, he was just making Jen seem to be this wilting, delicate flower that couldn't make any, couldn't make any decision. Did you hear that? No. It could be on my end because Jessie's out here. <laughs> well, she's drinking water and she's really loud. Jessie! I can hear anything right now and it's probably just, I mean, if it's on my end, it's just Jessie, I think. <laughs> she's just like really loud when she drinks. <laughs> I'm surprised she hasn't screamed. I love her. I'm honestly surprised because usually she comes out here, she sees me, she screams. But for some reason, she's being really well behaved. Let's let everyone in on who Chessie is. <gasps> Chessie is my senior cat who is a little senile and has a very raspy voice. And is she's deaf, so she's for some reason also super loud. I think because of the, the fact that she's deaf, she needs to like scream 
So she's kind of a character. I met Chessie when I believe it was back when you were, you were first, you were fostering her. Oh yeah. She's a foster fail. <laughs> foster fail. And I remember going into your apartment and I could not find her. And then uh, you had mentioned that she might be hiding in a wardrobe. <laughs> so then I just kind of peek in. I'm like, hey, cat, you in here? And then just this guttural. That's like her voice. And then she comes comes out. And I'm like, is this going to be some pet cemetery shit? Yeah, she like looks a little rough. (laughs) I love her so much. All right. Well, that, you know, our cat lady session, that was that. Yeah, sorry. Got to bring up my babies because you're you're all gonna see you're you're gonna see a picture of Chessie, and it's just you're gonna fall in love with her immediately or be terrified one or the other. <laughs> yeah, or you're gonna say she's ugly because I have like multiple people be like, oh, and it's like I expect them to be like she's so cute, and they're like, oh, and it's like oh, it's just because she's oh. kind of she's a little ratty looking. I will admit, but it's just because she's old. She's really bad at. She's old and she's bad at bathing herself, so her fur gets a little yeah, a little rough. But I still think she's cute. But I think she's adorable. I love her. Don't have <laughs> sometimes people don't react how I want them to react yeah. to her photo. Oh, okay. So that was our cat corner. <laughs> yeah, cat corner. You should make that a segment on every episode. Cat lady corner. <laughs> We're both cat ladies. I feel like probably a lot of the people you bring on are cat ladies, right? Or no? Yeah, well, I feel like almost everyone... I know most of my friends... Most of my friends are cat ladies, so I don't know. I've converted a few into being cat ladies. Mm. Okay, but yeah, so my spicy snippet was that I just didn't really care for Cletus as much in this book as I have in the past books. But I feel like it was okay by the end of it. He, It's like, all right, all right, all right. We're good again. You're out of the doghouse. Yeah, I mean, he has his redeeming moments, but then sometimes he's such a dick. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you just remind me of like people I've dated. They're just like, oh, yeah. Are you ready for the speed round? I think so. Who would you want to be besties with, and why? Bo, because I've already talked about Bo, and for some reason I have a weird crush on him, and I don't really know why. Because he wasn't really in the book that much. But I was just like, anytime he came up, I was like, oh, I like Belle. Even though there was a weird part where, I think he was the one where Jen accidentally went in the bed with him and it was all kind of weird. And I was like, oh, like that's really awkward. But then any other time besides that, I was like, Belle, you're the man. I think I would have died. Yeah. She flashed several of his brothers. Oh my God. Right. Like, this is what I get for trying to be sexy. Just moon half your family. Right. Yeah, and, like, getting in the bed with him, I was like, ooh. But, like, then again, it was, like, a weird situation. Like, why was Bo and, yeah. It was blacked out, and it was his bedroom. She had no reason to think it wasn't going to be Cletus. Oh, my gosh. Surprise! That would happen to me. That That's something that would, yeah. I'd be like, this is what I get for trying to do something sexy. Now I'm... <laughs> like, something spontaneous. Like, yeah, this is why I plan everything. <laughs> I just feel like Bo, he gives me the, he feels kind of similar to Cletus, but he just feels like less of a smart ass to me. I don't know. I just feel. I think you should read Bo's book. I definitely feel like I might. Yeah. Like a solid maybe. 
I can't remember which one it is. It's it's the fourth or fifth or something. For some reason, I really connected with him, and I don't know why. <laughs> so <laughs> we just connected on a spiritual level. <laughs> yeah, like something just happened between the pages, and I don't know. I think we're meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, what about you? Did you have someone that you felt? I know I dogged him a bit, but Cletus, mm. I just feel it would there would never be a dull moment and he knows all the hot goss like he knows the who's who the what's what the who's doing what who's doing who yeah he knows it all so i just think that would be a good time cletus is pretty cool when he's not being a domineering ass Mm -hmm. (laughs) who do you want to throat punch and why so not to just keep harpy on the same character but (laughs) during the first third to a half of this book I was like Cletus 100% did not like him but I think if I only had one throat punch and you know now after reading the whole book it's like it'd definitely be Jen's dad which what's his name Kip or yeah Kip Kip. I'm like yeah he would be if I had one throat punch he would 100% be the throat punch for sure yeah he deserves it yeah (laughs) piece of shit yeah, he is horrible. I was like, I cannot believe this is a character that exists. He is just like irredeemable in my opinion. So Agreed. What about you? Alright, so obviously Jen's dad mm-hmm. needs to get punched in the throat, face, the dick. He just needs to be he just needs Yeah, this everywhere. He just needs his ass beat is basically what right. he needs. But I had a couple moments some honorable mentions if you will okay dude diane jen's mom there were times where i was just like lady lady ma'am stop just oh she made me so mad and just like oh yeah oh i'm gonna try to do right by my daughter because i was kind of a shit parent but then i'm gonna turn around and try to continue putting pressure on her and also talk blocking her and relying on her as my support system when i know she's really busy mm-hmm. it just ugh, it just irritated me but she 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 definitely redeemed herself yeah by the end of it so i would have punched her at the beginning maybe not by the end and then the other honorable mention i had was trisha and elena because oh yeah both of them are very punchable for sure ladies Elena can't say shit. You were sleeping with someone's husband. So I don't know why you're walking around acting all holier than thou. And then Trisha making those comments. Oh, you slept your way to the top. With who? What? No. Just because you're mad. Just because you're bitter. Don't, don't slut shame someone just because they're better than you and it makes you feel insecure. Yeah. That's your problem. That's not their problem. Yeah. Just because... Okay. They make you feel insecure does not mean they're some type of slut or something. Just yeah. yeah, she's definitely getting punched. Yeah, um, like a huge all right. punch. Just punch her right in the tit. <laughs> yeah, titty punch. <laughs> titty punch. <laughs> oh god, what movie is that? What movie is that from? It's like oh one god, of those like early. T- one of those early 2000s or 90s movies where they like yeah. they literally punch her in the boots like you punched me in the tit yeah i know what you're talking about but i'm like it's driving me insane it's not mean girls is it no 
maybe. No, no. No, no. Because there's a part in Mean Girls where they're, it's like Amy Poehler, like um, Regina George's mom has like the fake boobs and it's like the dog is like biting on them, but that's different, I think. Yeah. Someone's screaming at us right now. <laughs> Gosh, I hate that when I just can't recall something and I'm like, ah, uh, like I, it's there in my brain. I just can't find it. Okay, so that's who all we're going to punch in the throat and or tit. And or dick. Yeah, dick tit. Just always dick punches yeah. all the time. All right, speaking of punching, who would you want on your side in a fight and why? I think um, Jen's mom. What, what What's her name? Um, Diane Donner. Yeah. Diane. Diane. For some reason, I'm like blanking on her name, but yeah, Diane. Just because... I feel like her words are so cutting. Oh, yeah. And I feel like this is more of what I want in a verbal fight. What I want to verbally assault the person and not physically wound them, but like emotionally wound them for a lifetime. And I just feel like she would do that. For sure. Fists don't even need to come out. She'll just cut that shit off. Yeah. Right right from the get-go. Like, no. Yeah, for sure. She would... Do the long-lasting impact. I like it. What about you? I'm going to go with my girl, Shelly. Shelly was a little little feisty. That was one of my favorite parts, but I wanted to save it for this because I didn't want to. But no, the moment where she she has Jen's dad on the ground and he's being a little whiny bitch. It's the perfect quote. Such a badass. Mm. She tells him to shut the fuck up or get fucked up. That's going to be my new life motto. Right, like, words live by. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up or get fucked up. up. I love it. I love it. Shelly, for sure. I like Shelly. Mm-hmm. You'll read about Shelly. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because that's uh, Bo's girlfriend, right? Yeah, yeah. it's Bo's. Bo? It's Bo's lady friend. Bo's Bo. I, w- <laughs> I wish people could see your face. <laughs> <laughs> what like, I do? Oh, you just kind of look like, oh, Bo's boo. <laughs> like, <laughs> salty look. Yeah, it's because me and Bo are, like, meant to be, so. It's destiny, written in the stars. Screw her. I'll fight her. <laughs> Don't fight her. She'll beat your ass. Yeah, just kidding. Don't I won't fight her. her. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, but... I think you'll enjoy it if you read their book. You'll enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Who? I think this would actually, I feel like these books, like in the Green Valley universe in general as a whole, they would make a really good TV series. Oh, yeah. It's very reminiscent of um, Heart of Dixie. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Like Sweet Magnolias, mm-hmm. which is actually based off of another book series, and Heart of Dixie. Uh, there's some others, but it's very, it's very warm and cozy and cute and funny. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so speaking of it being a TV show, who would you cast for Cletus and Jen? Hmm. I feel like Cletus, I was kind of getting like a Cole Sprouse vibe, like just thinking about him in Riverdale where he's smart and he's kind of like just a smart ass about it. He's smart, but he's kind of broody and that's kind of how I felt Cletus was I was like hmm yeah that yeah that lines up just add like a southern accent because right they're in the, they're yeah they're in the south yes 
They are very Southern. Just give him a Southern accent, which I don't know if he would do well with a Southern accent. I don't know if he's a good enough actor, but whatever. <laughs> and Jen, I was kind of thinking, um, you know, the actress from 13 Reasons Why who plays... Um, Hannah? Hannah. Yeah, Hannah Baker. The one that plays Hannah Baker. Ooh. I was like, ooh, she'd be interesting. Just because I feel like she kind of gives off like a kind of down-to-earth, kind of shy vibe. I could see her being kind of bullied by, you know, like a mom character, but then, you know, still also being kind of like spunky. Yeah. That I could see. Those are good. I like those. I mean, I don't know if those two actors would have any chemistry together, but I feel like I could see them individually being yeah. being good. And the mom specifically, like, I don't, have you ever seen Pretty Little Liars? Yes. <laughs> when I was reading this book, in my head, I was like, the mom, I just kept reading it as um, Allison De, La- De Laurentiis' mom, like Allie's mom, who's like kind of a... I vaguely... I know it's been a while. <laughs> I've been rewatching it, so that's why it's like in my head. Aww. But she's like kind of, she's just like bitchy and like, I was like, yeah, I could see. Yeah, that's kind of who I was thinking of. I mean, did you have anyone that like really came to mind? For Cletus, I had the 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 image I have of him in my mind. I couldn't quite find someone that matched up fully, but the closest I've mm. been able to find is an actor, Grayson Holt. Hmm. I don't know how that is. He's in a show called Bitten. Um, he's been he's been in a few things. He's very beefy and rugged, and he's got the beard and the blonde, mm. the sandy hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess Cole Sprouse doesn't really have a beard, but I was like, I don't know, whatever, we'll let it slide. Yeah, they can they can put one on. I felt like the the ambiance felt right. <laughs> this is a picture of him from the werewolf show he was in. Oh, well, he is like <laughs> beefy. He's built super beefy. But so this, I can definitely see this being. Oh yeah, this. like I feel like yeah. he gives off kind of that aggressive vibe. Yeah. He's got got like a like a stern look to his face. Um, so he so it would be my Cletus, and my Jen would be, which I didn't think of her at first, but it's like a pretty generic. You know, she she can look like a Barbie doll, but she can also be down to earth, kind of like the girl next door. Um, Elizabeth Olsen. Oh yeah, I like that because I've seen her. I've seen her blonde. Yeah. And brunette. She pulls both off. She can be prissy and act shallow and dumb, but she can also pull off being very intelligent. Yeah, I mean, she's just a good actress, which means she could probably, you know, play any part well, but I could definitely see her in this, too. Look, there's pictures. There's her as a brunette. There's her as a blonde. It just goes. She has definitely... A girl next door, for sure. Too, which I feel like Jen is supposed to be. You know, she's not super feminine. For anyone that doesn't know who Elizabeth Olsen is, which I feel like everyone does, she is not an Olsen twin, but an Olsen sister. Mm. She's actually the younger sister, which kind of blows my mind because in my head the Olsen twins are still young, but then I'm like, oh wait, they're actually like kind of old now. I know it's crazy. Not old, but you know, she's the younger sister. So she is the younger Olsen sister and she's in WandaVision. She plays the Scarlet Witch. She's um, from Marvel. 
So I feel like a lot of people are going to know her from that. She's been in a lot of stuff, actually. She was in the the mm-hmm. reboot of Godzilla. Oh, yeah. Have you seen Ingrid Goes West? She's in that movie, too, which is really good. It's Aubrey Plaza. Yes. It's all about, like, social media, yeah, Instagram. And that's, like, I love that movie. I thought that was, that was great. Ingrid Goes West is, it's hilarious, but it is so cringy (laughs) oh I got really bad secondhand embarrassment on that one yeah that's what we think now we're gonna get into what others think so I've got some reviews off of Goodreads here um and we'll we'll start with the good and end with the bad all right so Anarillis I think that's how you pronounce it gave it five stars Cletus and Jen that's it that's the review. <laughs> was more in depth, but it was very long. So I could not read the whole thing, but just the first line of it cracked me up. So I included it. <laughs> but yeah, Cletus and Jen are if you if you do go back and read their book, I think it'll be interesting if you go back and read it. And then like a lot of stuff will make sense and it might change. It might change your opinions. So it'll be because they're they're actually they're one of the fan favorite couples. That's why they ended up getting this spinoff, mm-hmm. um, which makes sense. But yeah, I don't. I wasn't really seeing it, but yeah, yeah. I think I maybe just need to go back and hear their intro. But that's kind of why I wanted to do it this way. Mm-hmm. There's intrigue now, and that's what happens for me when I read something out of order, or I read like a series that came after. I'll be like, mm-hmm. "Where are these people?" Like how you Bo, yeah. Is that I want to I want to learn about him some more. I want to learn about this character some more. So I just love I love when that happens. So Mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to sneak attack. (laughs) Yoda mom. Oh yeah, Yoda mom gave it four stars. It's the Winston brothers versus chicken killing, milk depriving, bee burning maniac. (laughs) Cute, adorable Cletus and Jen struggle to get that love and feeling dealing with family business dramas. I can't help but love this family. Another fantastic addition to the series. Yeah, sums it up. Maniac, yeah, that's fair. And then we've got Laura. She also gave it four stars. I never thought I'd fall for a man named Cletus, but there you have it. I don't know if I would have said I was fallen for him in this book, but... She probably read all the others. That's so funny. Cletus! Yeah, would never expect to fall for a cleatus, but you never know when a cleat will come into your life. A cleat. <laughs> like the shoe they wear for sports, just like stab you with it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Okay, we've got Crystal. She gave it three stars. The pace was infuriating, but overall the shenanigans were amusing. Could have been hotter though. Mm. So that's something I noticed. So you were talking about the the sex scene there the sex scene i think there's only like one like they kind of fool around here and there well there's like there's like yeah there's yeah. like some fooling around but then they don't actually have sex until yeah, kind of the end of so, the book and like so i read a lot of romance so it was not nothing for you because i was like whoa you mentioned the sex scenes there are a few reviewers that were talking about how vulgar it was and Oh, it, like it upset them greatly. And I'm just sitting there reading it like, 
wow, you you really wouldn't like what I'm reading. I just felt like it was kind of out of nowhere sometimes. It's like suddenly they're all hot and bothered and then they're not going to actually have sex. It's like all this build up and then eventually they, they do have sex. And I do like how this book ends mm-hmm. and just Cletus just giving her oral sex. Like I was like, damn, we're just going to end with her going down or with him going down on her. Nice. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> solid and solid loved it (laughs) so that was it's just funny to me it's just something I've known it's not just this book there was another um get a life Chloe Brown I talked about it with Mm -hmm. that too people were talking about how vulgar it was and I'm just I'm looking around like oh okay (laughs) have you ever read or heard of the book uh, I think it's called the Pisces but it's all about like mermaid sex. Well, not like all about, but like it's like a romance and there's a mermaid involved and they have all these like really intense and vividly, this vivid descriptions of sex with mer- a, a, a mermaid, a mermaid. I, I've, and it's like, <laughs> it's just like crazy because it's like they talk about all about his, yeah, the Pisces. It's like all about. Like, all about, like, anatomy, and it's like, oh, I never really thought what a merman would look like, but apparently they have penises in that world. All right. And you hear all about it, and it's like... Hear about all the mermaid downtown mix-up going on. They're all, like, it's very freaky sex, too, and it's like, whoa, well, it's not... All right. I mean, I guess I was kind of expecting it, but yeah, if you like some wild, sexy stuff, I recommend Pisces, okay. I've read... Heathy Cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's really well known for the series she does with her daughter, Kristen Cast. Uh, it's called House of Night and it's like young adult vampires, huge series, super popular. But I actually really loved her adult series. I think it's her goddess series and it kind of, it goes off of like Greek mythology and each story mm-hmm. will involve a Greek goddess in some way like a mortal and then a goddess and sometimes they'll switch places and it's such I really like the series a lot but one of them it might be the first one I think it's called goddess of the sea and there are mermaids in it and there's mermaid sex (laughs) and I was like okay all right okay interesting (laughs) (laughs) oh man you know what I wanted I want to read a sci-fi novel romance novel with you because there's some oh yeah some SpaceX. <laughs> Very interesting anatomies. Sci-fi just cracks me up sometimes because there there are no rules. Yeah. You can literally just write whatever you want because no one can sit there and argue with you about it. It's supposed to be set in the future. We don't know. <laughs> Some zero gravity. That could be fun. Exactly. Let's see here. All right. So that was Crystal with three stars. And we've got two more. We've got Darla with two stars. Guess I'm not a fan of beards or simpering southern banana queens. Mm. It's definitely, it's definitely like a a fine tune, like a particular taste, I feel like. Yeah. Southern. A lot of people don't like southern Mm -hmm. things and that's fine. And then finally, last, last but not least, we've got Stephanie with one star. I love Cletus and Jen. But I think I hate Jen's mother too much to read their mysteries. She's, all caps, so freaking annoying. I couldn't even focus on the plot. I never agree. I mean, I have my moments where 
It was just like, dude, just, oh, shut up. But I mean, she wasn't in it so much that it was unbearable. Yeah. It's just kind of like a... In the beginning. Uh, yeah, in the beginning a lot. I was worried in the beginning that it was it was setting her up to be in it that much the whole time. And I was just like, I, can't, I, I don't know if I can read this. Yeah. Okay. So that is what some other people thought. Now, now it's the big moment. <laughs> Drum roll. Drum roll. How many and what kind of phallic symbols would you rate this book? So I, this is going to be like not that creative at all. That's fine. If you read the book, but I rated it a solid 3.5 bananas for our banana cake queen. I mean, how are you going to pick anything other than a banana? (laughs) Oh, like, yeah. Come on. I got to do it. I know it might not be, you know, the most creative or shocking to people, but, you know, I feel like it's, fitting and you I gotta, feel like we you know, all something fits that well you gotta go with I feel it. like we all saw that coming <laughs> but, but yeah I I liked it but I didn't I wouldn't say I loved it and I think it's probably because I have not read past books but I liked it enough to to be intrigued to read other books by her so yeah three especially bows you should definitely I feel like you'll like that one a lot yeah and that's another thing these are really quick reads Mm-hmm. yeah i read it super quickly yeah they're really light they're fluffy they're fun yeah okay so 3.5 bananas 3.5 bananas okay okay that's a good one um so i can give i would give it four bananas okay i was really wondering how our how different our ratings were gonna be but they're actually pretty close so yeah yeah, yeah. i'd give it four bananas and I'm actually going to post my review on the Goodreads page if anyone would like to check that out. Another big moment. It is time for the bi-weekly boner. dun dun dun, dun. <laughs> see what we've got this week. Okay. I was Googling weird wieners. <laughs> I came across an article on the Vagabomb site, and it's called... 13 sex scenes from books that will leave you either cringing or laughing out loud by Prerna. I probably butchered that. I'm so sorry. Prakash. I'm so sorry. The quote that she wrote about, it comes from the book (laughs) Middlesex by Jeffrey Eugenides. Probably butchered that too. Sorry. The quote is, so the sleek dolphin... We were just talking about mermaids. So <laughs> fitting. We couldn't have planned this. Mm-mm. So the sleek dolphin rose, leapt through the ring of my legs, and disappeared again, leaving me bobbing, trying to keep my balance. Mermaid adjacent, sounds like. Girl, <laughs> what? I don't think I've ever heard anyone refer to their penis as a dolphin. There's a first for everything. And apparently that first is happening today. It It is today. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome for any imagery that's popping into your head right now that's scarring you for life. Yeah, I can't unhear <laughs> that. I have to live with that forever. It's, so thank you. <laughs> you get to live with this now, just like mm-hmm. me. Just like me. <laughs> <laughs> so I read the quote mm-hmm. and then I thought, hmm, let me see let's see what this book is about and it's actually it won a pulitzer prize 
Oh. Uh, back in back in 2003 and it's essentially it's a coming of age story for the protagonist who is intersex interesting i was very surprised i was like wow this is probably i mean i know you know Mm -hmm. dolphins aside this is probably a really this is probably something that i might progressive yeah that i might end up reading Mm -hmm. but yeah so (laughs) dolphins sleek (laughs) dolphins okay all right so, I have supplied the pork sword for this week, but eventually, I'd like to hear some wedding tackle descriptions from all of you listeners. <laughs> you can email the goods to turgidtomespodcast at gmail.com, put bi-weekly boner in the subject line, and don't forget, you must include the name of the book and author. Okay. We did it. We did it. <laughs> we made it engagements and espionage and sleek dolphins and mermaids but i just felt like espionage i was not expecting that i feel like that word it's like i guess it makes sense if you read the definition but it's not what i was expecting based off of the title the word espionage i was expecting something completely different but it was a pleasant surprise yeah thank you barbara so much for doing this with me how do you feel no, thank you. No, this was super fun. Oh, good. I'm so happy that you asked me to be on. Yeah. So, you know, it forced me to read. I feel like it gave me a deadline to where I was like, okay, I need to read this by this date so I can talk about it. And sometimes I need deadlines. So I was like, cool. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I've been having a lot of fun. I've been reading things that I normally wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I've been going out of my comfort zone with the genres and everything. Yeah. It, it's very eye-opening. It's very interesting. I'm having a lot of fun. And I'm hoping that all the guests are having fun and all the listeners are having fun. Yeah. We did good. I'm proud of us. That was a good one. Join me back here in two weeks to cover our next read, Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. And, and remember... remember- Fix each each other's crowns and don't don't let let the dicks get get you down. Noodles. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts or liking, subscribing, and following on whatever platform you're listening on. Not enough action for you? You can follow Turgid Tomes Podcast on Instagram, like the Facebook page, or join the Goodreads group where you can chat with other listeners, lurk tawdry reviews, and get a heads up on what we're reading and drinking. If you have any suggestions or feedback, you can send it to turgidtomes at gmail.com. And last but not least, remember to fix each other's crowns and don't let the dicks get you down.